0: This is so not a soundstage. This is so not equipped for live performance, and we're going to do that I right now. I've, I've done more with less,
1: so this is awesome.
2: It's Car Con Carne. Let's eat in this car. It's Car Con Carne.
0: There it is. And we are live at the Taste of Chicago in the Food for Thought Pavilion. We have a small but enthusiastic crowd in front of us at the Taste. The idea that this could happen two years ago seemed unthinkable. The fact that podcasts have arrived to the point where there's a dedicated tent for days on end is amazing. So here's the thing. Car con Carne is usually a food podcast recorded in a car. There's no food at this table. We're not in a car. And yet we're doing a live broadcast. And we're starting off today with just a, a phalanx of A-list guests, Right next to me, uh, in order, I have comedian Dave Helm, a very funny Chicago comedian. Hello, Dave. Hey, how are you? Amanda Downing, executive chef of Rocket, is here. Hi. Love and adore you. (laughs) Thank you for coming. Uh, Singer-songwriter Daniel Wade, who is performing uh, at the Bud Light stage, like minutes from now, he popped by. Hey, Dan. Hello. And uh, all the way in the corner, we've tucked away Nathan Graham from the Lucky Dutch. Awesome bluesy roots rock band from right here in Chicago. All right, thank you. And he, he brought a guitar, which we may <laughs> impose on him. Uh, so I'm just going to bounce around since you're all here. We'll, we'll talk about uh, what you all do. And since, Dave, you're, you're my right-hand man, so to speak, you're right Literally. next to my right hand. And look at this. You've already got your drinking bracelet. bracelet oh, yeah. I already, had a, I already had a drink already. All right. Uh, waste no time. A little day it's, drinking here at the Taste. It's hot. It is. It's a little sticky. A little humid out here. A little bit. Um, so you've been coming up in the Chicago comedy scene for a while. Did I read this right on social media? Are you, are you bailing on Chicago? You're leaving for LA? I'm not bailing. I mean, I'm from born and raised here, of course, but
3: I don't want to be like the biggest Chicago local comedian. You know, I don't want that credit. I like, guess it's, it's cool, but it's not cool at the same time. So
0: is there a plateau
3: in Chicago? Yeah. A I, ceiling. Think, mm, I guess it depends what you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, I don't think that it's really possible, even though I'm doing it right now, uh, to live off comedy here in Chicago full time with just uh living here like you have to travel like even if you are based in chicago you have to you have to tour like you don't make enough money in chicago doing shows um to, to be uh sustainable and on top of that like it's it's so saturated that like let's say i'm at the lab factory right and then i do a show somewhere else where they're paying me people are not going to keep paying money to come see me in chicago you gotta move around
0: makes sense uh has
3: the scene been supportive
0: it seems like it's it's helped nurture you. Yeah,
3: I mean, like I think that um, I built a following, and people are sad to see me go. But
0: I'm sad to see you. Can we hug before you leave? This may be the last time I see you in Chicago. I'm hot though. You know, I don't, I don't really <laughs> oh, I know you're hot, and it's <laughs> also humid outside. There's Great. a little sweat. Yeah. Uh, all right, Amanda Downing. Uh, just when I think food, I think you, I think rockets and you grew up around food since you were a kid, right? Oh yeah, definitely. When you were growing up in Elgin, did you come downtown for the taste? Was that something that your family did?
4: Um, you know what I did more so with friends. I remember like one of July hopping on the train with a bunch of friends came down here. It was, you know, probably like this hot, humid, but it was a great time. It was a really nice day. And, so we did that a few years. And we, we were all
0: kids. That was something we did. We would jump on the L. We'd come downtown. I swear to God, that doesn't happen anymore.
4: Well, not even the L. I'm talking like Metro from the suburbs. you So that's, it's perfect. You come down here. You spend the whole day. You know, go back to the suburbs and watch fireworks at night.
0: <laughs> so all right, catch us up with what's going on with Rocket these days.
4: Um, so, I mean, in the last year we did renovations. So that's, you know, maybe not new, new news. But um, we also, you know, we're open for brunch, open for lunch. Um, you know, so a lot going on there. We're open seven days a week. Um, You know, there's a few things that we're gonna have going on coming up in the fall. You know, we'll do like we love to do week long fest, like Burger Fest and stuff like that. We did a couple and months we ago. We love
0: attending week long Burger fests. Yeah, fest. well, my, my life is a week long Burger
4: Fest. <laughs> <laughs> my life, yeah, my life is. <laughs> uh, but you know, upcoming probably we're we're locking down the dates, but probably end of September we're gonna do like a wing fest, like a wing it. We're gonna call it so week long, full of wings.
0: Uh, what makes a good wing sauce?
4: Um, you know, it's about having well. Depends on what you like, you know. If you want buffalo, that a lot of vinegar in it, really tangy. Um, you know, we love do. We do have like a mango curry, curry one, so it's, it has some sweetness, but a lot of fire from uh, some curry paste and uh, finger chilies on there. So it's kind of finding what you like.
0: Yeah. Speaking of burgers, just the the straight up <coughs> rocket burger is mm-hmm. awesome. Like if Thanks. we were to go to rocket, I mean that's all you need right there. Because <laughs> tell us what what's in that or what. That
4: so is. so that's a wagyu Kobe beef patty, and then it's topped with melted brie, fried shallots, dandelion, and it's a red right onion brioche bun. You know what? Dave Hellem
0: is actually salivating as you yeah, said.
4: head. I'm thinking about it. And you know what? I'm like an absolute, the worst guest, right? I should have brought them with me. I was running around this morning, You're the it.
0: best guest. Oh. We're glad to have you.
4: Well, I wasn't fishing for a compliment. Yeah, uh, and
0: you know, since it's summer, as we're recording this, it's in July. We're at the Taste. As a, a meatist, someone who uh, <laughs> knows her way around cuts of beef, like what, what's a good know, grill? A good what's a good grilling tip? Uh, like you know what
4: it's keeping that grill hot clean and well oiled so well grates. And how do you oil
0: the grates I, I heard
4: you know you could do well you could you know have a little bit a little dish of vegetable oil a little paper towel take some tongs just kind of wipe it that's a good way to do it
0: because I, I know lots of people who just have rust and junk yeah and their grates they never clean them yeah there's the backyard barbecues you don't want to go to
4: yeah you want to you know there's you know there's a, there's one thing for seasoning your grates, but you don't want, you don't want rust.
0: <laughs> I was about to say though, like <clears throat> I
3: don't know how sanitary this is. Sometimes when you have like remnants of stuff, it adds, <laughs> it adds to the
4: flavor. What's
0: well, kind of like a cast iron skillet,
4: right? right? The exactly. accumulation, but you still don't want rust.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, and as far as rocket goes, I know that uh, Kevin Hickey mm-hmm. is here today. He's he's like a rock star.
4: Yes, he, he totally is. He's the rocket <laughs> rock star.
0: He's ready to usurp Billy Deck's throne as the Rocket rock. Star. <laughs>
4: I think so. They might have to. Ooh, that could be a cage match. We just came up with a new idea.
0: <laughs> so, as far as Billy Deck goes, when he walks in, is it kind of like if Obama were to walk into? No, he Congress? actually
4: sneaks in. Like you'll see, like Austin, you'll look in the dining room and be like, "Oh, he's over there in the corner." Sometimes, sure, he's walking in with a group of people, but sometimes, like this morning, I walked out in the dining room. We're not, we open at eleven thirty, so we just opened up. But about an hour ago, I walk out into the dining room. And also, he's sitting there in the corner of his laptop. So he loves to work in the venues, too. So he just, you know.
0: Because Deck has, you know, the reputation, appropriately, uh, you know, being a nightlife guru. But Rock is not strictly a nightlife right. thing. I mean, if I wanted to, I can go there go there for brunch.
4: Right. Yeah. Like I, like I mentioned, yeah, we do brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Like, we open up early at 10 a.m. and all the way to 4 do acoustic acoustic music you know during there so i mean you know we're open all day long
0: (laughs) see and there's the segue right there music (laughs) tucked away on the corner of this table at the food for thought pavilion at uh, taste of chicago i have a pair of musicians who aren't related they're not in the same band they're equally awesome though uh dan wade you've been in the scene since you were a kid i mean i I remember your early bands back in the early 21st century and here you are you're playing the bud light stage today what's this what's different about being involved in the chicago scene today in 2016 than what it was when you started out?
5: Uh, What's different now for me is that uh, I just do it for fun mostly now. I think when we were younger and when I was a kid you know we were trying to make it. You know we were playing in bands I was in a band called Empyrean and a band called Treaty of Paris and we toured the country and
0: Treaty of Paris like got to the goalpost. I mean
5: we got pretty close. Uh huh. Um, And now I'm realizing that it's it's just fun to keep playing and, you know, keep having music be a big part of my life and there's so much less pressure now. So that's the difference for me is trying to reconcile having, you know, a full time job and still making music a big part of my life.
0: It's similar to comedy, isn't it? I mean the music I've always thought the music scene in Chicago is similar to the comedy scene. Is that fair to say, Dave? In some ways where just <clears throat>
3: You can have a following here, but I think ultimately the goal is to get uh, your art to uh, the masses at the end of the day, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, let's let's uh, let's go down to the corner. Uh, I have Nathan Graham from The Lucky Dutch. Right, for those who haven't heard The Lucky Dutch, summarize your band.
1: Um, just, you know, it's it's kind of funny to say, like, people say blues rock. You know, people throw out that, that moniker a lot. I already did, so. Yeah, I mean, well, it's like, it, you know rock and blues are, the, are pretty much the same thing just one sped up You know. So, so as a Chicagoan,
0: is blues kind of hardwired in your DNA?
1: It is it, It's kind of hardwired in there I mean, you know, I, I grew up in like Kingston Mines and all those places and buddy guys and played those places when I was like 14 and probably shouldn't have been in there Oh, uh, for real? So, yeah
0: <laughs> did, did they know?
1: Uh, it, so a couple of them did and they were just like they were fine with it uh, They were just like, yeah, you can play here just don't be at the bar at all. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember being outside in Kingston Mines, that it was like, I think it was like 20, 20 degrees or something like that, and I was sitting there in my coat, and I had to wait outside until it was my turn to play.
0: Now, Amanda, so, does the idea of a teenage kid in a twenty one plus venue just kind of make you break out in hives and a cold sweat? The idea of it?
4: No, not at all. I think I applaud him for doing that. I wasn't stupid about <laughs> it. I feel
0: like
1: I wasn't. I wasn't stupid about it. Like I wasn't like going in there and you know, drinking and trying to get a beer and stuff like that. I was I was just like, I just want to play with these guys and I just want to play the music. So I'll gladly stand outside, you know.
0: And as you were coming up, Nathan, I mean, you played with some pretty big names.
1: Yeah. Um, Carl Weathersby, I've, you know, played with Buddy Guy a couple times. I actually got a chance to, uh, through college, I got a chance to play with uh, James Brown right before
6: he died. Stop it.
1: Which was amazing. Wow. And kind of humbling and scary because... It's like, you know, I was kind of a sloppy musician at the time, and he was not about slop at all, like uh-huh. even a little bit. So it was a lot of... It was really, really hard to,
0: to do that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, your latest album is Cadillac Coffin. That's right. Where Willie the Wimp was uh, buried. Exactly.
1: Yeah, he was buried in a Cadillac coffin. They actually
0: uh, they put him in his car, and they propped him up as if he was
1: driving. So the backstory of that, the reason why it's called Cadillac Coffin is um, my on my dad's side of the family he's related to us so on my dad's side of the family it's a t- notorious chicago gangster you know that just kind of got this weird request to be buried in a car you know but um i was telling our story to that i was telling our uh, the story of that to our producer and he was like that's the album name why are we not calling right. that the album i was like yeah okay we can do that and then my dad saw it and he was like come on man like why would you let people know that that's that's part of our family that's awesome like, I mean, that's a cool i mean you know it's like chicago gangsters or whatever it's like you know you'd much more rather be you know known for you know like being in the cubs or the white
0: Sox or whatever but i don't know if know. i if i had a, like a genetic connection to john dillinger i'd probably find a way to announce that
5: yeah i mean <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah.
1: it was just kind of funny because like you You know, you find out the secrets of the family as you get older, and a ton of stuff starts making sense. So it's, and you write about it, and you just kind of figure out, okay, this is I'm going to embrace this part of my of my culture, my life, my family. So that was, you know, how that album came to be.
0: Cadillac Coffin is on vinyl. It is first time. I'm going to ask both you and Daniel Wade. I mean, how, what kind of emotional connection do you have with vinyl? Do you guys still play records at home? All the time. You do too,
4: Amanda? Oh yeah. No, I just bought a record player back in January, so I've been buying vinyl all the last six months.
3: You gotta you have to get a real record player though. Don't get the yeah.
4: like a USB
0: <laughs> record player, you no, get a
3: bunch of no, no. If you yeah. have a USB anywhere on your record player, you're, you're, you're not doing good, it wrong. You're not a good person. You're yeah. not. <laughs> you're like not it's not, a not good just person. get a real <laughs> record player. A it's a character flaw. <laughs> if you bought your record player at Urban Outfitters, <laughs> all right? You are what not a, a good person.
4: What about
3: Best Buy. <laughs> Best Buy is still a place where you buy electronics. Yeah, I, I think know. that's, I'll, that's look into a
4: better one. I'll look into a better one. That's hilarious. I'm not
3: judging you. I'm sorry, if you have a USB.
0: Well, I, I kind of would. You, you kind of
1: just did judge them You though. did. You, you said later. that they're awful.
0: Persons. Yeah, I can't say you're, you're not a good person. This is how, how you prepare for me. moving to California. You start judging others. <laughs> They've just getting into the groove here.
5: I'm just getting into the groove, man.
0: Daniel, what were you going to
5: say? I have a confession. I don't have a record player. I don't either. I listen to everything on a little Sono speaker through my phone. I love it. I can get the playlist going before I'm in the house. <laughs> and, uh, but growing up, like my dad had a record player in the basement in a big box full of Zeppelin, Hendrix, The Who, uh, Moody Blues, tons of old records from the 60s and 70s. And I remember asking him one time, where are all your 80s records? Like His 80s collection stopped at like Michael Jackson and Hall & Oates. And he was like, what do you mean? He's like, we started having kids. Like <laughs> he's like we, we don't even know what kind of music happened in the eighties. We were raising kids, but getting a record player is on my list of things. So yes. What's
3: the, what's the point of having it? Like, is it just like the the cool factor of, of, of to no, say you like does the sound better? Does the vinyl what? sound better? I, I, one of my favorite quotes is from Nick Tremulis. Um,
1: he actually said that vinyl makes music precious, and it's just that moment of just being like sitting down, taking a minute and putting that record on the needle and just having that moment of just to process it instead of you know it's like i love my iphone like i you know i was biking here and listening to music but there's something about sitting down at the end of the day and just like being able to put that record on and just listen to the music and not have a bunch of other things happening while while that's going on
3: that's kind of like generational though because like i can remember in the 90s when i opened up that cd and I put it in, and you hit the play button. It's like, I, I felt, when I got Tupac's All Eyes on Me in 1996, and I hit play, it wasn't a record, but I felt. Mm. Well, it's like there's, there's album artwork. There's
1: you know there's liner notes, and it kind of puts you in. Like, for me, I'm a child of liner notes, and I wanted to know who was doing everything. I wanted to know who played the kazoo on the 15 seconds of this song. You know, oh, That was wow. my thing. So I wanted to read that stuff. And you can't get that with an iPhone or an iPhone.
0: And I get that idea of being in the moment with a record. You've got 20 minutes. Like If you put on an album on CD, if you, if you stream an album, you can tune out, you can zone out as it's going on. But when you have that record going, for those 20 minutes, you, you're, you're tuned in to what's happening. Exactly.
4: Plus, and also, for, you can't skip. You can't skip ex- as easily. You can't just push, yeah, kind of button, push. Yeah, it that's, like, my, that's my it's
0: thing. It's a total first-world world yeah. problem trying to change the track on a record. It's like, you've got to lift the needle make sure it's precise. Our lives are so
3: tough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they are. Well, for me, it was like growing up, my mom would... I don't know if this happened with you, David, but when your mom started putting on oldies, it was time to clean. Yeah, Saturday (laughs) Saturday morning. Yeah, Saturday Saturday morning. morning, Saturday, Sunday morning. If, like, Otis Redding was playing or (laughs) the Four Tops, it was like I was cleaning. That's what I was doing all day.
0: The thing is, I had so many records, uh, really through my early 20s, a wall of vinyl, truly. Once you move that stuff more than once, the the appeal, the sexiness of of records really tends to go away. Once you have to lift crates... (laughs) up and down stairs multiple times, it becomes so much less exciting and integral to your life. It's a labor of love, though. (laughs) Sure. It's a labor of love. Sure it is. I've moved apartments a bunch of times, and I've had to lift
1: crates. And Oddly enough, my record collection gets smaller and smaller every time I've moved. Uh,
0: Going back to you, Amanda, because we are at the taste, I want to talk about food. Um, I saw this. Is this something you still have? The grilled blueberries, house-made lemon curd, torched pound cake, and whipped cream?
4: You know what, that was something we put together as a special last You should make action. that every day. <laughs> well, you know what, I'll let my sous chef know because actually he put it together. I was actually out of town when he did it, so um, we'll have to put, so you can tell. Tell him he's a, get, a yeah. genius. I will, I will, he'll love that. And one thing, if you, if you <laughs> yeah. want to
0: learn more about Amanda Downing on social media, Cubs and food, that's really it. Yeah, that's,
4: especially right now. <laughs> it's it all is. about the Cubs. <laughs> yeah, it's very easy to be
0: a Cubs fan right now. Are, are you guys baseball fans? Yeah. I am. Who's your team?
3: Cubs. I grew up as a Cubs fan, and then I went to Wrigleyville, and I was like, "You all suck (laughs) as people." And then I started becoming a White Sox fan more, but then I was like, "You all suck as a team." And now I'm back to the Cubs again. Hey, man, I'm a White
1: Sox fan, and I'm just saying, I'm just putting this out there. We won a World Series ten years ago.
3: Nobody, nobody, like nobody cares about that. <laughs> well, the thing about
0: I, I'm a Sox fan too, but the, the thing about that World Series win, it's getting further and further in the rear view. Like yeah, it, it's yeah. it's getting hard to to coast on that one because it's you know, once you pass the decade. Well, I'm 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 holding on to it until
1: the Cubs win. And I do want the Cubs to win the World Series. I really, really do. I will tell you this: I will leave Chicago <laughs> for the la- for the next six months after. Oh that yeah, Dave will go nowhere near Wrigleyville if that but, happens. Oh, I want to uh, see that.
3: I want to see. I, I just want to see all the. The uh, just the the twenty like, frat boys and just setting themselves on fire. I want to see all of that. Oh, yeah,
4: I got a prime spot. We can go to the roof of Rocket yes. Bar. We're going right to your place. See,
0: I, I picture the aftermath of that looking like Escape from New York, the John Carpenter movie. You, <laughs> know, you got <laughs> Isaac Hayes rolling down the street. Ernest Borgnine. Well, you know
4: it was it was crazy down there for the Blackhawks celebration. Oh, I bet. Too, oh, yeah. So I imagine that time's like a thousand. Absolutely. <laughs> all right.
0: Or right, as I say in business, ten
3: x. <laughs> Amanda, you know what? I actually started doing comedy at, at your... Did you? Uh, okay. So they used to yeah. have uh, shows mm-hmm. upstairs on Friday nights. So mm-hmm. that was actually where I started like cutting my teeth, I guess, back in 2002.
0: Now, in addition to comedy, Dave, you also, you're a teacher.
3: No, I was a teacher. You were a teacher. I'm you, not a teacher You walked anymore. away from teaching for comedy? Full-time. This is my first year living off comedy full-time and not, not teacher money, so... I'm poor. I'm very poor.
0: But I'm, I'm happy. You know what I mean? So You want us to pass the hat here in the uh, Man, Food for Thought Pavilion? Let's have a rent property right now. Let's crowdfund. Let's Indiegogo this. Let's get you uh, back on your feet. Go fund me. Go fund me. My
3: email addresses.
0: <laughs> All right. So what I want to do, I, since Nathan brought a guitar, totally unexpected, I want to put him on the spot and have him play a song. Okay. Uh, but before we put him on the spot, I just kind of want to wrap up and, and look ahead with everything that's going on with everyone that's sitting here on the most bizarre... Incongruent panel in the history of broadcasting. Uh, Dave Hellem, where can people find you? What's next for you? Um, You can find me on social media.
3: Really, just follow me on uh, on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter as Dave Hellem as Dave H E L E M. That'll tell you all my shows are. I'm going to L A this week. My first time ever going to L A because I told you I want to move out there. So I should probably visit where I want to move. I hear the
0: rents are cheap. You should be fine. Yeah, I got
3: got a couch. Uh, I got I got a rental car to sleep in. I'll be all right.
0: All right, Amanda Downing, Rocket Bar and Grill, the Rockets group of restaurants. What's going on? What, what uh, do we have to look forward to?
4: Um, well, we got Rocket Bar and Grill. At, it's at 22 West Harbor. Um, you can visit us, you know, seven days a week. You know, lunch, brunch, dinner. But then we also have Rocket Burger Bar up by Wrigley. So
0: where we're gonna go on the roof? When yes, it comes we'll in. go.
4: We'll go on the roof. We'll be safe up there. We'll see all the madness uh-huh. up there.
0: <laughs> I picture what was it like Dawn of the Dead, where they're hiding on the rooftop as the zombies are taking over the streets. That's what I picture. <laughs>
4: Me too. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, Daniel Wade uh, you've got a bunch of VPs to your credit and I should mention Daniel Wade uh, runner up in this year's Chicago Reader Best Singer Songwriter poll
5: That's really unexpected that made me feel pretty good
0: and you're a former winner of that very same poll
5: yeah I won it in 2014 I, I asked people to vote I asked people to vote for me then and then this year I just decided I didn't care but then when I saw the results I decided I cared again
0: so you're a talented guy I, I, I've known that for years well deserved thank you uh, so what's next for you
5: I'm um, just going to be writing some more new songs and splitting my time between uh, playing with my band and playing solo acoustic and hanging out at the Riot Fest office designing ad mats.
0: I love that. And yeah, you work for Riot Fest, which is, really, that is the festival. That's the one I, I will throw my heart, love, and adoration behind. Love it. That is a, you can't spend a better three days in the city than at Riot Fest.
5: Riot Fest sucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and Lucky Dutch... Uh, the album is Cadillac Coffin. We talked about that. I'm going to put you on the spot. Where are you going to play here?
1: Uh, I'm going to play a song off the album, the first song that I wrote uh, for that album. It's called Good Honest Man.
0: Awesome. And yeah. this is so not a soundstage. This is so not equipped for live performance. And we're going to do that I right now. I've,
1: I've done more with less. So this is awesome. Awesome. And thank you for
0: having us on. All right, here we go. We did a, a quick ad hoc mic check. Are you ready? You feeling yeah. good about this? Yeah. All right. Our small but enthusiastic audience here in the crowd uh, can we make some noise here for Nathan Graham from the Lucky Dutch?
2: I've lied to you, and I'm lied to myself. And I lied for a reason, and even I couldn't tell to make me feel strong. And I refuse to be weak To hide from my truth I was too scared to see And as I said here With my heart in my hand. I can be a good, honest man. Gave me your own bed. You're all, and I just could not. I couldn't tear down my wall. Gave me your. Hand. You down With all my believe. And as I stand here With my heart in my hands I need you to believe I can be a good, honest man. And that's your right to show you the real me. Most never get to know. And that's your right to show you, but it I said, and I've died for reasons reason, for reasons I couldn't tell, and now you've packed your clothes, and headed out west. You left me here standing. I'm trying to figure you were And as I stand here with my heart in my hand, I need you to believe. I can be a good, honest man.
0: Nathan Graham from the Lucky Dutch. That was was fantastic. Show's over. We're closing the tent down after that. (laughs) Thanks for doing
1: that. Thank you. Now, you guys got Michelle Lamore on. She's way better than that, what I can do. I
0: love how this all comes together. Yes, Michelle <laughs> Lamore, uh, Kevin Alvis, and Amy Guth will be joining us as we pause and provide appropriate off-microphone thanks to Nathan. Oh, thanks. All right. And we're back. Uh, it is truly really a guest of Palooza. I'm thrilled. We're sitting here, 4th of July week. As the Taste of Chicago kicks off, it is gorgeous outside. We're staring at Buckingham Fountain, which is lovely. I don't walk by Buckingham Fountain often enough. And I'm joined by two podcasters who are part of the Yak Channel Podcast Network, uh, two of my favorite people in the world, two very talented, two very different people, uh, starting with Michelle L'Amour. Hello. Host of Revealing with Michelle L'Amour. Uh, You are an international burlesque star. And an entrepreneur and an (laughs) all-around talent. And Kevin Elvis, host of Beyond the Boards. Hello. A podcast about Chicago's storefront theater community. Yes. So really, performance is the world's... Or the world in which both of you live in. Absolutely. Yeah,
7: we're not so different. Yeah, yeah. You and me. Yeah. Now, what's so. what's cool <laughs> about having you
0: guys here what's cool about having you involved with the Yak channel? You weren't podcasters walking into this. Like you just this is something you just kind of took a shot at and you're both awesome at it. Oh, cool, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you
7: took a shot asking. Yeah. <laughs> I just said yes. <laughs> That's all. And it then takes. went, "Now what?" I don't know.
6: Oh, my gut dropped. It was like, here, have, have the opportunity to do a show. Go do a show. It was like, oh, I've got to go do this now. Because it's been something that I've been wanting to <laughs> exactly. do for a while. And just never had the, the jump start
0: to do it. And here we are. Well, that's the thing about podcasting. You don't need to be an experienced pod- a broadcaster, experienced media person. You just have to have a point of view. Absolutely. To, like, understand your milieu and be able to talk about it. And both of you are at the forefront of what you do.
7: Yeah, it sounds easier than it is, I think. I don't know. The first time I did it, I was like, what am I saying? I'm just talking to myself. Oh, I
0: rambled
6: for an hour. <laughs> I mean, we, we cut our show down from... We had over 60 minutes of interview and had to cut it down to 30. And I was like, I don't... I I don't know what I'm saying in half of this.
0: <laughs>
7: <laughs> Thank goodness for editing that exactly. we don't do this live right now. <laughs> I do
0: think after I listened to your first podcast, Kevin, I said, maybe it could be a little shorter. Yeah. And I think what you said is an hour is good if everybody
6: knows who you're talking about. And I went back and thought about it. I'm like, yeah, no one knows. We're introducing these people to, you know, these companies to people. So, yeah, keep it shorter. Keep it simple, stupid.
4: Uh, let's start
0: with you, Michelle, because the first round of guests... Um, yeah. off microphone, very excited that you were here.
7: Oh, that's nice.
0: They, they were very they were pleased to have you in the house. <laughs> um, you went to school for finance I back did. in the day. Yeah. I would say your career path took an unexpected turn.
7: Um, or expected, I suppose. Uh, this is much more preferred than finance. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I hated it while I was in it, but I thought at one point I needed to get a real job. Um, but I think that what I do is very real. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I left the, the idea of a corporate world and a regular paycheck for um, pursuing art and theater and dance and this crazy burlesque thing.
0: <laughs> is it just me? And I, I'm not saying this just because you're here, but it seems like there's a huge resurgence of burlesque, specifically in Chicago.
7: Yes, it is massive right now. There's so much going on. I mean, it's kind of like New York, honestly. Um, there are multiple shows every single day of the week all over the city. Um, and I started doing this maybe about 14 years ago, and there wasn't anything here. And now it's just exploded. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll can see can how we thank long you, you for that? Uh, I mean... Yes. You're welcome.
0: You're welcome, Chicago.
7: Have yeah.
0: some burlesque.
7: You might like this. For, for someone,
0: and I, I say this with, with some pause in my voice as my son's in the crowd, um, but for someone who hasn't been to a burlesque show, maybe is intimidated by the idea of it, what can they expect?
7: Well, um, if you're attending one of my shows, what I like to present on the stage is, are women that are strong in themselves and what they're presenting. So it's um, a real ownership of sexuality and it's really healthy. It's, a, it's more of a, um, a conversation um, rather than um, the objectification that people think is happening, like if they've never attended. Um, but it's really like lighthearted and fun, and burlesque at the at the root is um, to parody. So it, it, there is comedy inherent in in what we're doing. So it's very lighthearted and glamorous and beautiful. And um, I like to put variety in my shows: jugglers and contortionists and crazy clowns. You know, <laughs> it's fun. Stand-up comics like Dave. <laughs> so
0: there be, there has to be a certain level of just confidence that most humans don't have to do this.
7: Well, it builds, you know, and there's also the idea of fake it till you make it kind of thing. And that's like swagger, swagger, total swagger. Um, And so that's, you know, I I think when I started, I mean, I was terrified and I still get very nervous sometimes, you know, if I'm presenting a new idea or a new act or a new show concept um, or doing a new podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's the idea of just like taking on this persona and, and learning how to project confidence until it comes within.
0: You were nervous starting a podcast? Is it because you're putting yourself out there like a side that you don't often share on stage?
7: Yeah, I was nervous about, I didn't want to sound like an idiot. (laughs) Here's the secret. I
0: fully understand. understand. (laughs) Here's the secret to podcasting and broadcasting. Never listen back to yourself. Other people say different. Yeah, you got to listen to yourself to make sure you sound better next time. I I, I want to pound my head on the table when I hear myself back. So really, just never listen to yourself afterward.
7: <laughs> I do listen to it, though, just to make sure I'm I'm turning in good work. James, you're doing
0: fantastic, <laughs> fantastic work. All right, uh, and I should ask you. I've been wanting to ask you this for ten years. The America's Got Talent thing.
7: Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah, I was on America's Got Talent in oh, the that's first cool. season. Um. But it's funny because I, I just on Twitter today saw that there was a 90 year old burlesque dancer on America's Got Talent. And I think that's pretty amazing. That's awesome. That's yeah. incredible. Um, but I was the first burlesque dancer to be on that show. And, and you they... did a
0: night rider routine for Hasselhoff.
7: Oh, yeah, I did. That's amazing. <laughs> you did yeah, a yeah, night writer. Yes. Oh, on I the need kit to go car. find
6: this. Oh, yeah, you do. That's amazing.
7: <laughs> the the car. The I was like very impressed with the car. Huh. Yeah. I thought it'd be really fun to do, because um, David Hasselhoff was one of the judges. Absolutely. And, um, you know, he's very into his Hasselhoffiness. Yes. <laughs> Every time he would come on stage, he'd, he would do the slow motion run, and then he would talk into his watch. Like, he was in it all oh, the yeah? whole time. So um, I kind of thought it'd be fun to do a little poke at him.
0: <laughs> so, Kevin Elvis, yes. uh, you're not a Chicago native. No, no, no. I'm
6: originally from the Mississippi Gulf Coast.
0: Did theater bring you to Chicago? Uh,
7: yes,
6: uh, via my wife. She was, <laughs> we were together, uh, we, we started dating in upstate New York, we were working for an educational theater there, and she was ready to move on. I said, where are you going? She said, Chicago. And I said, oh, is, is that like a with or without me situation? She said, mm, yeah, I think so. And I was like, well, let me go see Chicago first. And I came here in the dead of February, one of the coldest winters, and uh, fell in love with the city. And there's so much theater in this community. Wait, were you it's worried nice. when you moved
0: here? Like, I don't know if I can integrate into this theater scene. I don't know if this is going to work out. Oh, yeah. I mean, you always have those worries.
6: I actually took a year off before I started auditioning anywhere, just to kind of get my, my feet wet in the city and learn learn how to deal with the city, because I'm from a small town on the coast. You know, I, buses, trains, dealing with traffic and all that messes. It was something to get used to. So I took a year off and uh, just kind of got a job and settled in and things, and Um, once we started going, it was really all about networking. We started making friends, and they said, you should look at this company, stay away from this company, or if you want to do this type of work, which was amazing to me because there's so many companies with so many genres of theater, that you can really pick and choose what you want to do here and then push for those companies and audition for those companies and hopefully get in and kind of find that
0: niche in that world you want to work in. So the Starfront Theater community, this is something I I think I'm aware of more than an active participant as uh, an attendee in explain the storefront theater community in Chicago.
6: Uh, it's really what it kind of sounds like is it's a young theater company who wants to start putting up some fun or great or interesting or intellectual work. They don't have a place to go, so they will just rent out in a storefront that's available. That's you know an old uh, wh- the factory theater that I work with right now is just a, it's two storefronts that we knocked the wall out of the middle. It used to be two businesses and they went out of business. The space was empty and it was big enough. So we then just converted into a small thrust seventy two seat house. So it really is just finding a space that's available, having the money to rent it, and then turning it into a theater. Instead of the big houses like, you know, Goodman and Stepwolf have these multi million dollar theaters. You can't afford that, especially on a small budget, so you just find what you can afford and it doesn't matter where you are when you can do good work. All right, so who's doing cool stuff? Oh so much. Um, a lot, most of our, our first guests we had on are some of my favorites in Chicago. The Factory Theater that uh, my, my wife and co-host Kim Bowler uh, uh, we we're a part of. And that's uh, they, in Rogers Park? It's in Rogers Park We just got our brand new space 1623 West Howard in Chicago. Don't do Evanston. It takes you way far away. It's right off the red line. Uh, we actually have a show opening on Friday called uh, Dating and Dragons and it is a show that is a romantic comedy but it's based around a group of gamers who play Role-playing games, card games, video games, you name it. But it's off the idea of games have games have rules, so dating must have rules. And I've got to follow those rules, otherwise it goes down the toilet. But then you find out later, dating is nothing like <laughs> playing games and having rules. Well, so. it is a roll of the dice sometimes. I, yeah, pretty much, absolutely. But uh, we, well, the thing I like about Factory is you can go see any show there, and it can be anything. It can be a very serious uh, it could be. We just did a show that was kind of a '70s exploitation feel, kind of a Tarantino feel to it. You can go find pretty much what you want. The Factory Theater, um, Wild Claw is a horror genre theater that does just horror theater, and they're we did fantastic. a podcast with, with them. Yes, they were our second guest on there, and some close friends of ours. And um, also, too, the live lit scene's fantastic. Like the Paper Machete that's free every Saturday up at the Green the Mill. Machete is great. It's fantastic. I've it's done a that live show. magazine, and uh, yeah. you know they have different acts on every week. They're fantastic. And they're free. I mean, the thing I like about a lot of storefront theater and shows like Paper Machete, or I'm also a part of a show called I Saw You where we perform the personal ads. There's three actors in a bar uh-huh. that perform all the personal ads from like Craigslist
0: and OkCupid, okay things like that. Um, it's inexpensive. Well, you know? let's stop there. I, I just want that to sink in. What a great idea. It's fantastic. A live performance of the personal ads. It's fantastic. Because they're fun enough on their own. Absolutely. And
6: every, I, we meet so many people. It's like, I read those on Sunday morning when I'm drinking my coffee. And I do silly voices with them too, except that we do them for you, and we have professional actors that come in. and I want to watch this every day. <laughs> you and that's you can. Well, <laughs> you can't because we're we're busy. But every week you can. We have twelve different actors that rotate through, so it's the same concept every week, but you get a different show because it's different actors bringing different characters to all
0: brand new personal ads that we pick every week.
6: And it's only five bucks.
0: I should mention uh, we're joined on stage by media titan Amy Guth. <laughs> Hello. Co-founder of the aforementioned Yak Channel Podcast Network, host of the Amy Guth Podcast, on WGN Radio. You're everywhere. All the things. Documentarian. Yeah. All around delight.
8: I've been thinking a lot about what my second documentary is going to be, because I'm hard at work on one about online harassment. And it's, um, you know, there are dark days attached to that one, just because the subject matter. And... Um, so I've been really thinking about what is my second one because I think it takes such a long time to get from idea to even the starting line on a documentary. And so far I think I'm going to document all of the Smiths cover bands in the world. I think that's going to be my follow-up documentary.
0: <laughs> I love that.
8: I think that's going to be fun. There are many. There are so many. and there also You may have
0: a, a Smiths problem.
8: I definitely have a Smiths problem. I used to have a blog called Big Mouth Indeed Strikes Again and every single blog post had a Smiths lyric as the post title. I definitely have a Smiths problem.
0: Favorite album? Oh
8: man, it's the Queen is dead, I isn't it? Yeah, it's probably the Queen is dead. Meet is Murder is a great one too, though.
0: Are you guys are you are you giving us millennial looks? Like what are you talking about? Oh, I was honestly never big into the
4: Smiths. All right then. But, well, you know, I was up. an old soul.
7: Oh no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I was talking before you got here, Amy. These are two people who just had never podcasted before, and they just figured it out, and it's awesome. And I love the fact we're sitting here at the Taste of Chicago in a dedicated pavilion for podcasting. Mm -hmm. As someone who's been in media and active in media as long as you have, print, online, on air, where do you think media is going?
8: Well, I think it's an exciting time. I mean, a lot of people kind of roll their eyes at at journalism and broadcast right now and think, um, you know, I even hear a lot of young people say things like, um, yeah, I, I want to study journalism, but I don't think I'll have a job. I don't think it's going to exist. And I, I disagree. I think it's it's a really exciting time. And I've, I've long said, um, I was at the Tribune prior to Dow Radio, where I am now, and, and I've long said I feel like right now I have a front row seat to history because it's it, when else have we seen such rapid changes hitting the media landscape? Never. And so what I think is happening is that it's it's – social media and the digital world has just democratized media and it allows you know the the barrier of entry is now fairly low i mean anybody we all have the ability with in our pockets to to be podcasters and to be video bloggers and to broadcast and uh you know even snapchat i see a lot of broadcasters using that as an interesting just kind of short little stand up i'm here at the taste this is the thing i'm doing there's your snapchat video so i think it's really putting. Uh, the power to broadcast in people's hands because we can podcast on our phones and we can edit on our phones and we can shoot video on our phones. And, I mean, as proof of that, we see how having that power in our hands and pockets has changed the way police and community interaction is going, right? I mean, we see this all the time where the the role of the bystanders even changed because we, we now, it's no longer just... You know, one person's word against another, now there's video. So I think it's exciting. I think it's a great time to be in the media world. I mean, with that comes a mindset that people have to have of, you have to be, you really have to embrace that cliche that the only constant is change, because it's very rapid. And so I think the hardest thing for people to accept is a changing business model. And we saw this when, when disruption hit the music industry in the like Napster era, which we're in a much different situation now in the streaming thing. So I think music is about to hit another revolution of sorts, but the bands that adapted quickly to the changing business model and said, okay, people are getting their music online now. It exists whether I want it to or not. So I'm going to adapt and change the business model and I'll just make money off of touring and merchandise and the music will, will be a, a different thing. The music will be something I give for community building and and we saw those bands start to thrive, whereas we saw other bands like like Metallica just say, nope, that's not going to exist. It's going to go away. I'm going to sue it into going away. And that didn't work out as well. So I think the same applies to the the media world. And I, I've long said we should always be watching our colleagues in the, in the music industry because disruption seems to always hit them a couple years before it hits us. It's true. But I think it's exciting.
0: All right. Before we have to wrap up, and it's Right, I think Rick Bayless is coming on after us, which is, Ooh. let's just hang out. <laughs> Is he going to cook on there? Oh. I just want to hear him talk. <laughs> I want to hear him pronounce dishes in Spanish.
8: I'm just I'm getting so the R. hungry. I know, right? I, I almost did
0: make it
6: walk through the
8: food chain. I know. So I have <laughs> questions for Rick Bayless about there's a, a salsa verde recipe that, that I've tried repeatedly. I've never failed a recipe. I'm a great cook, and I can't get his, this one salsa verde. So, like, he's holding something out on us. It's not right.
0: So corner him. That won't be awkward at all. <laughs> it won't be weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we wrap up, uh, Kevin, El- Kevin Elvis, your podcast is Beyond the Boards. So you yeah. can hear it on yakchannel.com. Uh, what's next for you, theater-wise? Where can people see you at... Uh, I, I'm, uh, actually you can catch me
6: um, randomly at I Saw You on Wednesday nights at the Town Hall Pub with the Bruce Orange Theater
0: Company uh, I'll also be performing we should make a field trip we, that should be an outing yeah, for all of us we should have yeah, Channel, the act
8: night. channel yeah. night yeah, yeah. and you'll love it. I'll let you love. Know. it. it's funny it is hilarious. so funny it's, I have fallen out of a chair laughing at that show it before. is it's
6: absolutely funny. my favorite show I've ever performed in my entire life it's simply this, because the situation is as an actor on that show, I get to do whatever I want. Sure. And I don't have to be anyone that I don't want to be. It's fantastic. But uh, there's always I Saw You. Uh, I'll be coming up uh, in, I believe, the beginning of August doing a um, a radio reading with the Wildclaw Theater. Uh, and then in, I think it's opening in September, I'll be doing a show called Zombie Broads with the Factory Theater. Uh, it's a fun
0: comedy about the um, zombie apocalypse. Love it. Yeah. You gotta laugh about it. Oh, yeah. Because it's gonna be awful when it happens. Oh, so we may yeah. as, well, Might as well, you know. know, giggle about it now. <laughs> All right. International star Michelle Lamore. I know you always have tons going on. Posted Revealing with Michelle Lamore. What's coming up for you?
7: Well, I'm at Untitled every Thursday night, um, at nine PM and it's a free show, massive show. Um, so you can see, you know, like those crazy clowns I was talking about before. Um, and I also have Naked Girls Reading on July eighth. Uh, that's Friday. For you
0: fans of literature?
7: Yeah, naked girls reading is exactly what it sounds like, um, and we're our uh, theme is Vive la France, so we're doing all French-themed literature. I love
0: European stuff.
7: Yes, and maybe we'll serve some macaroons or something. Fabulous, something lovely. Um, and then every Saturday, I am that big sexy show at the comedy bar.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Amy Guth, you're working on your documentary. How's that going?
8: It's going well. I mean, you know, as well as such a dark subject can be going, but it's going well. And I think um, the phaseman right now, I'm working on getting historic examples of backlash against women like that. And I, I was recently talking to the great-granddaughter of an abolitionist wow. who, who when she started writing and entered her journalism career, um, she received all this, all this backlash that's surprisingly... Familiar. It sounds so much like the kind of trolling we get now, and so I'm drawing those kind of parallels. But it's kind of fun and nerdy to kind of dig into history in that way and see that, well, it's really kind of always been the same, but it was just different media.
0: And people can hear you on WGN Saturday nights.
8: Saturday nights, 7 to 9 on the Saturday night special. And uh, coming up, let's see, episodes I have coming up, I'm going to do my uh, quarterly book club. So we're going to be talking about summer reading, and uh, we're going to be talking about communication and introverts.
0: Cool. All right, and uh, yakchannel.com is where we can hear all of you, and me, and this podcast. Yeah. This mm-hmm. podcast is playing on Yak Channel as you're listening to it right now. Uh, our small but enthusiastic audience, let's hear it for our guests. And thank you for listening to Carcon Carney live at the Taste of Chicago.